Uh, I was just. You don't have the Zoom Pro account either. I, I don't either. And no, we. I, I found forty-minute limit. Yeah, it it's it's unpleasant to go on and on and like on and off and on and off. It is all night long if you're trying to record it. <laughs> but it records in separate channels, and so it's really easy to edit. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not. I just found. I guess I can start that. <laughs> like I record myself um, in a separate channel, but then even mixing that in with the Skype channel is just like more work than it's worth. Yeah. Let's see. I don't even know where it is anymore. There it is. Are you back, Snar? Yep, yep. Oh. Well. Well, well, well. I um, I didn't finish the reading this. That's okay. I didn't even really get close, actually. But I, uh, we, yeah, we'll uh, we'll address that. <laughs> I did read most of it a few years ago, but I yeah, never finished yeah, it then either. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got close. All right. Well, uh, let's just get into this. You think? Yeah. Um, sure. Unless you, Snor has anything you want to say or. No, no, that's all right. Uh, warm up. Doug, do you want to do any. Uh, are you going to do your. Uh, la, 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 la. Warm up? <laughs> yeah, I've got a little me? intro written. Are you going to do the intro and then and then the summary? You always say, uh, Snor, how about a summary? And then I, I'm like, oh. I, I, uh, I, no, I, because. I'm shitty at summaries. We'll, 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 my question yeah. says, we haven't heard from you for a while, Alex. How did this first <laughs> stop strike you? Oh, yeah, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is good at summaries. He, you give a great summary of uh, <laughs> Infinite Jest. Yeah, so. Infinite Jest. Oh, yeah. Well, that was carefully crafted. Oh, yeah. I don't know about so <laughs> off the cuff, but. Uh, and considering I haven't finished it, but I can <laughs> just I can, make up the rest. It's just make up the, the ending. It's yeah. interesting so we, they because die, we know. it's yeah. a kind of circular book, and so I don't know. I could just read this forever. I think for a while. Yeah, yeah. I went back to it today, and I was like, oh, "Fuck, I should read this just again." Again. Yeah. All right. Well, here is my intro. Uh, we'll do forty-two minutes, and then we'll we'll break. But um. All right. Yeah, cool. so this idea that like Alex was that quote that Alex just read, um it's kind of the standardization, right? Um of yeah. of coinage and of time and then um of geography basically, you know, and it and it's 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 basically plotting out the beginnings of globalization, you know. Um and and how it is necessary to have all these kind of standard units, um, but then, then, then there's this idea that there are rival globalizations um, in conflict with each other, right? Like even even in terms of the prime meridian, like the prime meridian for the Royal Society, of course, went goes through Greenwich, right? But then the French also have one going through Paris, yeah. And then early on, they talk about uh, another prime meridian that is centered in tibet 
and then Dr. Jiang was <laughs> was the one who mapped that out, you know. Um, so so there's all these. Uh, it it it's yeah it's 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 a unique period of of history where it's like um, there are rival views of how the world should be globalized. Yeah, um, and maybe it's still happening, but it it seems now it's more solidified. There's on there's there's basically it's basically only one way. Maybe like you could you could say that BRICS is kind of moving from that a little bit, but they're not really like they're still following the same the same systems. But this was at this time is the first time the world the world was was chartered basically was mapped out was brought into right. science right. Um, mm-hmm. And so so it's like that's the prize is which group is going to be the first to fully map it you know. Yeah, and map it, map it in their way, and have have their point at the center of the map. You know, both in time and in space. You know, yeah. Well, it's interesting because we think about this time kind of like quaintly, you know. But like, this is like super cutting edge stuff. So like the the ships on the sea, like that section. You know, these are like the spaceships of the age. Like this is. This is the cutting edge technologies. And then even even more, you know, like I read that what they did with their sectors, you know, and their measurements was like um, the same as the moon landing, you know, mm-hmm. like. Yep. I was going to bring that up. With an accuracy comparable to anything that, you know. So, like, it's the same. It's like it's not that the the moon landing was like more impressive or anything. It's just. It's just the same propelled well, forward into the well, future. It's, it, it's it's not even like it is the same, you know, but it's it's even more significant than that because it's the first, you know, like you could say the moon landing is just an extension of the line almost, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's like a, this was the first mapping, you know, like. A, and so that's why, yeah, it's it's kind of a. A mind blower, you know. That's another uh, reason not to be all me, 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 but why I compare it to cryptocurbology because we're really, we're kind of, we see ourselves as mapping time and mapping synchronicity and cryptocurbology as almost like an exercise in cartography. And so when he's talking about the structures and the mechanics of time being so controversial and and being batted around it's like that's sort of central to the whole crypto k thesis that the calendar is kind of this secret occult i mean obviously it is but there's like a secret purpose or a secret like mechanic to how the calendar works and uh so i just get that sort of or but but or maybe pension is just like just so good at being so oblique that you can sort of project on <laughs> any 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 kind of paranoid thought that you have about it it sort of refracts into yeah yeah he, like he's keeping it open enough to be able to do that with but i think yeah yeah i think he's definitely there's <laughs> something huge behind it you know like this huge that's the feeling that you get when you read his his oh. stuff there's always an immense like an iceberg of just behind the surface like he knows all like he knows all the answers um but so that it's like when we talk it usually that's when 
it's like I'm able to see things I couldn't see. But like, um, it is interesting that like this is the worldview that carried the day of the idea of the enlightenment and um, reason. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is the age of enlightenment, Dixon. You know, like it doesn't matter what day of the week we sail on; all the days are the same, right? Yeah. But like, <clears throat> that's back. Like the backdrop of all these discussions are like there's a magical world out there. It's just there's so much magic at every at every stop, and, and it, so like that's so interesting to me that like it the magic does go away you know like we we live in a kind of a dead world in a lot of ways it it gets chartered right it gets mapped um it's it's interesting like uh like even emerson emerson was the the old teacher of um of dixon right right and like like all the people in this book almost he's a real historical person right and so you check him out online and he's got all these completely respectable sounding um enlightenment era books you know completely reasonable books but then you then you uh you see what dixon is <laughs> um is saying about him and and it, the guy's like a like a geomancer like he's he's basically uh like a wizard himself right and they're they're they found ways to fly around and and do all kinds of <laughs> insane things right and so but you never know if that's the case or not. Like you, we find we found out that I'm not saying us, but uh, um, it was found out about Newton in the same way, right? Like everybody thought, like even Blake thought Newton was a completely rational scientist um, who was kind of trying to uh, erase the magic from the world, like explain it all away. And then you find out that he was he was an alchemist, completely obsessed with the the Temple of Jerusalem and 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 the uh, the strange mathematics behind that and like so so that could be the case all of these um historical characters that you meet in this book um and you do find that sort of um strange mystical side to them they were probably there you know they're probably there even though it's not it's hard to find that in the record now you know but i don't think pynchon is is really so much making stuff up here you know <laughs> that's the thing that it's it, it feels so deeply like uh thoroughly conceived that it it's just it almost feels like he's opening a window to just this whole era uh in a way that only i could compare to like the tv show deadwood actually of like kind of almost a almost a form of channeling uh going on yeah, it, Pynchon's great like that, like showing the deep weirdness of every time, you know. Um, yeah. Although it's different, like there's different phases of weirdness. This this weirdness in this book is not the same as the weirdness in Gravity's Rainbow because it's a uh, it's a different phase of consciousness. I think he's he's right. he's aware of that, you know. So so he, this book, he's really exploring this idea of like. Uh, um, reason emerging out of this kind of uh more holistic um, magical viewpoint that they had in the renaissance and then even mm-hmm. before that you know mm-hmm. um but all of that stuff is still there in the background right um and this is what like like francis yates takes out of her own more historical research too like she's 
she's saying, yeah, that's true. They, these guys are closet or overt Rosicrucians, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like Doug and I talked about last time about uh, Zanoni and all the people who appear in that, like, um, including Lalande, the astronomer um, who was involved in the French Revolution. And he comes into this book and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you read you read up on him you know and he he's he was like um um like a, basically a serious worshipper like the the star serious and uh he designed this this whole sort of counter religion um and calendar based on Sirius and Isis um for revolutionary France um so all these guys have a insane background like that like and then masculine like he's on in the book he's on saint helena um doing observations of sirius because it's the zenith star of saint helena you know and and he, he, he wants to sort of determine a parallax from from sirius right mm-hmm. well so th- when you mentioned so when uh dixon was in the hollow earth that you know like they're saying once the solar parallax is known, they told me, once the necessary degrees are measured and the size and weight and shape of the Earth are calculated inescapably, at last, all of this will vanish. We will have to speak or seek another space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, so that's, yeah, that's such a great, I remember that now, that, that's such a great, uh, I think that that really um, narrows in on what, what's going on in the whole book yeah once you once you map these spaces right then they disappear you know mm. these these wilderness spaces they 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 just disappear they become they, they go underground or something it's like the the fairies that sort of disappear into the woodwork right and they only come back if you start to believe in them again but you but to believe in them again is is very very difficult because your 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 mind now is taken over by reason right mm. um we need Dennis for this part because it's all you know, convexity and concavity when you're talking about the, the hollow earth that he went down into. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's this great part on them uh, towards the end. With, uh, these are the natives who are speaking. Um, <laughs> it's a funny part. It says, uh, listen to me, defecates with pigeons. <laughs> long, long before any of you came here, we dreamed of you. Yeah. All the, people, all the people, even nations far to the south and, and the west, dreamt you before we ever saw you. We believed that you came from some other world or the sky. You had powers and we respected them. Yet you never dreamed of us. And when at last you saw us, wished only to destroy us, then the killing started. Some of you, some of us, but not nearly as many as we'd been expecting. You could not be the giants of long ago who would simply have wiped us away and f- and for less. Instead, you sold us your powers, your rifles, as if encouraging us to shoot at you. And so we did, though not hitting as many as you as you were expecting. Now you begin to believe that we have come from elsewhere, possessing powers you do not. Those of us who kn- who knew how have fled into refuge in your dreams at last. Though we now pursue real lives no different at their hearts from yours, we are also uh, we are also your dreams. Wow, eh? that's uh, <laughs> so. So that's that's where they went, you know. Like that's 
Well, that's similar to the idea of colonizing the 11 days, too. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of that. It's, it's kind of like, a, um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's like a, uh, a, uh, natives colonizing, natives of the wilderness colonizing your dream, but not colonizing it, just sort of, uh, retreating into your own dreams. And, and they're always there. You always have access to them, but yeah, like we we're saying, it's hard, it's hard it's to very get DM, It's very DMT. It's, uh. Yeah, machine exactly. elf kind of activity. Well, that 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 was one of uh, McKenna's theories, right? Like that that these things that he encountered were the ancestors, mm-hmm. which makes sense, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it, actually, what about the Asiatic pygmies? Remember, they they talk about that too. That they had three genders: um, right. male and female, and the dead. Dead. Yeah, the dead. Uh-huh. So yeah, in this quote, also he's contrasting with the giants. Yeah, he's not. You're not the giants of long ago, and then and the, that's another theme that comes up through throughout. It's like there were there were gigantic residents of. Um, oh, he North gets into America. that too. With yeah, the vegetable yeah. garden, of course. Once yeah, he the, gets into the volcanic. In the, the massive hemp plant, which people live on. Right, and yeah. and they're so stoned that they. there was in i think it was in chapter 42 uh, there was it spoke to this idea of um so like if what you were saying alex about time being the currency of science um it was like the idea of money being the currency of of war you know, like if, like if someone would do X for you know this amount of money, what would you do for a whole fortune of money? Like how many people would you enslave, or like how many wars would you start? Um, I, there was a quote there somewhere that I really liked, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. In chapter forty-two, you're saying? Yeah. Kind of looking through it. Check check 420, it's probably around there somewhere. Oh yeah, it is, you're right. 422. Mm. That's that's really interesting. Um, oh. I mean, yeah, I was saying like I went to Nagasaki and that that was it's it's an interesting town because that was one of the uh, the first places, one of the only places that was opened up to European powers by the by the Tokugawa government in Japan. And uh but there was there was a struggle between imperial powers, like colonial powers from Europe, and on on Catholic Protestant lines, you know, like Portuguese versus the Dutch and the and the, and then the English, right? To to map out the Northern Islands between um, Japan and and Russia, right? Um, and these maps were all secret at the time, like like people making very detailed maps of the coastlands around the the Northern Japanese islands. And and uh, this information was so valuable. Like it, like imagine now we anyone can just look it up. But at that time when it was first coming out, this was like uh, gold to to um, the top planners of these various empires, right? Um, so it it makes sense that that uh, that there's something very deep going on. Like there's 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 sort of this deep 
information and they, they want the tops of these empires or the secret societies involved in these empires want deep occult information about what's going on in this mm-hmm. in this new territory that they're that they're colonizing. And and they're and they're fighting over, right? Like the, it was just just in the seventeen sixties, right, that they uh, that they fought off the French, right? In in North America, like at, at, at Quebec City. Um, this is the time periods uh, against the day, you know, it's set at the end of the nineteenth century. It's like right before it's in the lead up to World War One. Mm. So he's definitely got this like he's written this basically this historical trilogy of like high weirdness um, where, you know, you got Mason Dixon is the creation of the world sort of. And then against the day is sort of like this transition period. And then it goes into gravity's rainbow, which is just the kind of 20th century hell uh, hell zone, and it's just really an amazing kind yeah, of that's interesting conceptual sort of project that he. I mean, I haven't, like I said, I've only read about 200 pages against the day, but it's like it's the same stuff, you know. It's the time travelers and the hollow earth explorers and airships and all the occult stuff that was going on at the end of the 19th century, and the high weirdness of that is just like baked into that book. So, and that one came out in like. I was like 2006. Six, yeah. So that's it's. I'm starting to think about lifespan and careers and mortality. So Cormac McCarthy died a, a week and a half or so ago, um, mm. but he just finished a, a pretty good book for someone in his 80s. You know, last Christmas. Yeah, the two of them, right? There's like a pair. Yeah, the second one is more like almost like an afterthought that. You kind of have to read the first one to have any context of. It's it's dialogue. It's all dialogue between the one of the characters from the the first book and her shrink. Interesting. Yeah, I mean it's very good, but it it doesn't necessarily stand alone. Or it'd be interesting to read it out of order to see what you think. Like that would be kind of fun um, if you hadn't read the. The first one, but so the, the the thought has to do with Pynchon, though. So he's still alive. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of doubtful that he's working anymore, but maybe like so. Bleeding Edge came Nobody's. out not that long ago. Um, yeah, I mean that was twenty fourteen, and he's kind of been more productive in his later years because he did Inherent Vice and Bleeding Edge pretty quickly, and they're more like. Easy rate, easy, easier goes. But uh, but I know coming out with a final, final. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. Like if he's got something, some some great work at the end, huge surprise for all of us at the end. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I don't I don't know maybe. But yeah, it's it's interesting to think about. um, Yeah, the the masters dying. <laughs> she always howls at the most appropriate time. <laughs> like I'm in. Um, yeah, I thought this part was excellent too. Like getting back to that, that the kind of weird science behind it. This part where they're talking to Zhang right at the end. Um, What's the so, page? 
702. Uh, so he's saying the, uh, the, uh, so they're talking about all the bad shit that's been happening because of the visto, you know, the, the line that's going across, right? And, uh, and then, and then Zhang says, Shah warns the Chinaman, like the bad chi. Think about it, too. The bad, bad feng shui. Um, and then they say, very well, yet right lines minimizing distance are highly valued by some commanding officers, merchants, express riders. Must these all be creatures of Shah? Um, and, then, and then Zhang says, without question, officers kill men in large numbers. Merchants concentrate wealth by beggaring uncounted others. Express writers distort and injure the very stuff of time. And then Dixon says, then why not consider life itself as equally noxious, inquires Dixon. For doth it not move ever straight ahead? It's then, light. And, yeah, light. And then he, and then he says, the, then Zhang says, ah, a gleam as likely madness as merriment appearing in his eyes. And if it moves in some other way? And then he says, uh, Dixon says, every survey would have to be rerun, cries Dixon. Eh? Marvelous. Work for all the poor uh, Dodman till doomsday. Excuse me, sir. Mason addresses the geomancer. Is this an article of common faith among the Chinese, which I must remedy my ignorance of? Or, but a crotchet of your own, I assume I may safely disregard. No wonder the Jesuits find your folk inconvenient. Um, but this idea, okay, so he's saying, uh, okay, uh, so his argument is, um, Zhang's argument is, yeah, straight lines are bad because they carry this this bad shaw, shaw right? Mm -hmm. But then Dixon is like, well, what about light itself, right? It it runs in straight lines. And then, and then uh, Zhang goes, ah, and if it moves in some other way, which it does, we find out it right. does, like uh, it curves with, with, uh, with gravity, right? Of course, they don't, Mason and Dixon don't know that at the time, you know, so it's like a, <laughs> so it's a, it's a kind, of, kind of a weird. Another like out of time moment. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so you get the sense like. Future impinging uh, on the past. Yeah, or, or, or these ancient geomancers of uh, China already knew all this stuff, you know, they right, already exactly. knew about relativity. Uh, For sure. But, uh, Yeah. But yeah, so that's, um, but it points to the impossibility of the entire project, right? Of, of putting straight lines across the curved planet, you know, mm -hmm. and not, not only a curved planet, it's just like, it's just rough terrain everywhere. It's not, it's not really a straight line at all. It's only a straight line from, uh, from what, like from top to bottom, like three dimensionally, it's not straight at all. Like it goes up and down and all, like all over the place. Right. Um, yeah, so, it would yeah. be interesting to go and try and just walk the line a little bit, like to see some of these capstone things. You mm -hmm. know, like they they still exist. Like the the actual astronomy is really interesting to me. Just to you know, I don't know. It's just um, <laughs> like what do you have? Like what do you have to hold on to? Not much, you know. Yeah. And then, yeah what kind of tools can you but like that speaks to the age so those lancaster rifles with the micro grooving were able to like they were deadly from a very far away because mm -hmm. of the precision you know right. the ones with the with the uh pentagrams 
Oh, yeah. With pentagram, the silver pentagrams on the stocks that like show up all through through the book in Cape Town and uh, the Paxton Here's, boys, I think, had the the pentagram rifles too in the book. Oh, they were at Cape Town too. I missed that part. I, Here's yeah. another paragraph that goes towards your what you were saying. Snore. I don't really, it's on page 546, I don't know who's talking or what's going on, but somebody's talking. The Jesuit protector, protect, sorry, the Jesuit protectress, a charming exception to the reign of brutality unchecked throughout the rest of Christendom. Whilst your Jesuits go on attempting to eradicate feng shui from human awareness and to promote the inscription upon the earth of these enormously long straight lines, as in Lapland in Peru Encyclopedistas in ex- expeditionary costumes, squirting perfume about, and taking these exquisitely precise sights whilst neglecting to turn their instruments. Though degrees of longitude and latitude in name, yet in earthly reality are they channels marked for the transport of some unseen influence, one carefully assembled cairn, one oolite prism, one perfectly incised lead plate. To the next. <laughs> when these are disposed in a right line aimed at Ohio, it is natural to inquire what other scientific workings may lie in the area. Who'd benefit most? None, it would seem, but the consciously criminal in public life, as in private, who know how to tap into the unremitting torrent of Shah roaring all night and all day and convert it to their own uses, howling like a great boulevard of souls condemned to wander up and down the grim surfaces. Yeah, exactly. So Shah is, is is Shah just feng shui? Is that just it's 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 bad feng shui, right? Bad, feng, bad feng oh feng shui. wow, that's crazy yeah. because of yeah. the whole Sean report thing and the shining. Um, are you aware of that? That uh, go ahead. Video. Oh, it's a video of Sean's that he put out a while back that called the Sean the Shone report. It's like they're tracking this like kind of anomalous sound in the shining where like 16 different points where you kind of hear in the background this person going Shah! the sound <laughs> going Shah! and uh oh, wow. so it's like in some he's because of course his name is sean so he it's like he heard it kind of speaking to him but then it's like the past tense of shine but then it's yeah it's Shaw. It's the bad. So, who, it's the bad. I mean, that's appropriate because that's what that oh, wow, wow, about, yeah. right <laughs> that, that, that movie is totally about that yeah I mean that yeah that's a that's a great um great parallel like the shining with this book you know because it's uh it's exactly the same problem right <laughs> um like, elaborate on that what well, just no just it the, is because it's the underpinnings of the overlook are built on right the magic yeah, exactly. the natural world exactly right? and the maze I guess is sort and of the like maze also, yeah. the lines lines on the map um right but it's also, of course, it's a the the maze is a kind of a different thing because it's a it's a trap. Well, the maze is yeah, the maze is kind of like um, you can also imagine it as kind of like a simulation of the original wilderness, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the the kind of like uh, enlightenment view Idea of what of the wilderness what, yes wilderness like straight it, lines, not circular. Yeah, the, yeah, the maze. Right yeah, angles. the maze compared to a labyrinth, for example, right? Like, a, like the yeah. original labyrinths, which is which are all circular, right? Yeah, labyrinths lead you 
to the center. Um, to the center, yeah. A maze is like a dis- disorienting. Yeah, it has no center, which is it right. perfect too, right? Like a, and it and it and it's totally linear, really. It's it's oh. right. Yeah, that's a good. That's that's a great. I I I had that quote marked too. That's it. But this this idea, like um, yeah, to get back to uh, the solar parallax, right? Like that. That's the whole reason why they sent people, like the Royal Society, sent people all over the place to get these different readings on the transit of Venus, is to try to um, figure out solar parallax. And once they could do that, then they could chart the world, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, like e- even our sense of that has changed. Like when, like a few years back, transit of Venus, it it's kind of interesting for us right but but it's not it's not the uh at that time it was like secret information almost it was it was like this uh this kind of like uh um to to get actual temporal power you know Uh, so it's uh, yeah to net for navigational purposes for commerce for yeah to to map out longitude which is like so difficult you know it's like uh, yeah and then, and at the beginning of the book, they talks about the uh, the prize that the uh, the British government offered. When was that? I had the I had this written down somewhere. Well, did did you understand the difference? So, like that has to do with technology too. So, like, uh, was Mason no, or was it Dixon that was a lunarian? Like, so they're actually trying to use the phases of the moon, I think, to tell longitude yeah masculine also was was the lunarian um but then then also clocks that's why clocks are so important right well you have clocks don't work at on sea with all the different motions but if they did yeah if you could if you could get a perfect clock then you could you could measure longitude by the hour right right Um, and so that's why that's why clock time is so important you know oh but that reminds me of how Zhang was crying about how some uh, someone eradicated. So, like, they took six degrees out of a circle. Like, it was 366 degrees, apparently. Do you remember that part? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, it was it was the same as the year, right? Right. And so he was like, you know, I where did all this space go? You know, we lost six degrees of the Earth or six degrees of arc. And and Mason's like it's not the same. I don't know what you're talking about. But it's funny because it was totally the same concept, with a different principle. Like with a, the with the and and with the uh, the last eleven days, right? Right. Which which Mason claims to have visited in the, the right. Bodleian <laughs> Library in Oxford, right? Like he, that's such a weird scene too. Like he, uh, and he meets aliens in there basically. Uh. uh so yeah, and 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 then there is that um, what is it called the wedge or whatever in uh, in Delaware, which is the no man's land they created because like it was impossible to do what the you know what the people who wrote that charter thought was possible you know like right. yeah yeah to create this perfect tangent point that meets a line on this arc like this specific arc where the steeple of newcastle church is like the dot that the arc um 
the circle, you know, transcribes. Right. Yeah. So the, you have all these weird zones in in both space and time that are kind of still off the map. You know, um, they still don't measure up somehow. You know, it, I was thinking it would be interesting to have somebody like what's it, what was his name? Scott Onstott, was it? Like yeah, yeah. Who kind of. And and he would talk about that too, like just sort of like uh, generally all these things map up, like like really uh, really well, right? Like it, it's sort of all these Masonic alignments all over the all over the place, right? But he's saying that there's always this tiny degree difference, yeah, that that mm-hmm. is never never quite erased, you know. Um, so I wonder about that all the time, you know, it's like, so now, like I said, you, like we can all go to uh, Google Maps or whatever and, and, uh, and look at whatever point in the world we want, you know, and it's, and it's, and it, it appears that everything has been mapped out, you know, perfectly now. Like the, right. the process that starts in this book is mm-hmm. like, it looks like it's completed, right? Yeah, we pretty much covered it. But is it, you know, is it right. mm-hmm. like, is that, is that yet another con, you know? Sure. Um, Potentially, I would say here's something interesting. So like in your own place, if you don't know your own place because you rely on technology, like that's kind of sad that you wouldn't necessarily have a relationship to the place where you actually live. You know, like you create your own relationship, your own interior maps to Mm -hmm. the space that you inhabit. But Mm -hmm. like I just went to Europe for the first time. And so like we were able to do things that you wouldn't have been able to do in the nineties with Google maps, because like it was able to like, I didn't have to learn the subway system. You know, it would tell me which subways to take to get to where I needed to go. But then we could still discover on the way because we don't know what we're doing. You know what I mean? So like, uh, we spent the whole day in Paris at the Louvre, and then we wandered down the river to Notre Dame, and then we wandered across the river and sat in the park. And then it's like, oh, by the way, here's Shakespeare and Co. And it's like, I saw the sign, and it's like, why is that name familiar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's excellent. And then it's um, like, I don't, you know, it's like, there's more history here. Where is, you know, it's like, that's not like the original Shakespeare and co that's the the famous one, but um, that's not the original one. And so then we walked back into the neighborhood um, to see the plaque where, you know, where uh, one of Harriet Beach's, is that her name? I think that's her name. Sylvia, Sylvia Beach. Sylvia that, Beach. Yeah. yeah. One of her shops were, I think it wasn't the first one. It was the second one. It was Harriet, Harriet Shaw Weaver and then Sylvia Beach. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then uh, we didn't go to the Beat Hotel, but apparently it's an upscale motel now, or a hotel. So. <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> well, that, uh, I mean, that's all That's all an interesting point, right? Like, um, And I wonder about that a lot, too. It's like, so we have this, uh, we have this appearance that everything has is, is mapped, yeah, and there's nothing left out. Um, but then things like you just told us about, Doug, happen all the time right like the there's always there always seems to be this other level of unpredictability or synchronicity or serendipity above it you know and so 
maybe that's always the case, you know. So that mm. that it seems it's almost like an an answer to uh, like paranoia about AI or something, right? Like that AI can completely take over all human functions, right? But or algorithms, but maybe. But maybe there's always going to be something that rides above it. You know, there's always going to be this um, this hidden imaginative level that that rides above it somehow. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how much is mapped or is apparently mapped. Um, there's always there's always this wilderness that exists there, and and, and it's endless. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so back to what Alex was saying. I mean, I had that same kind of thought where, like, in the early days, it felt like we were mapping the synchronicity. Like, there was something we were uncovering. There was something mm -hmm. that could be known. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I kind of, yeah, I still feel that way. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, like, because, uh, uh, like I said, like, oh, I'm mapping synchronicity. And then uh, kind of uh, your comments about, like, uh, mapping something kills it or whatever it's like oh shit i hope i'm not i'm not killing <laughs> synchronicity but but no like uh what is, what is that gandalf quote it's like he who he who tears something apart to try to find out what it is um strays from the path of wisdom right yeah. well that's where um someone like uh royal rife came in comes in because like i don't know if you know him but he was a kind of a suppressed scientist who kind of came up with a cure for cancer in like the 30s um sean uh his previous project was a very thorough documentary about this guy and one of the th the other thing that he was famous for was for a uh, basically inventing a microscope he he had these unique unique to him lens lenses and uh these very complicated microscopes that would actually allow him to like look into look at living processes at like hot huge magnifications whereas like modern science in order to magnify and look at something you have to kill it so you could only look mm -hmm. at dead flesh you know mm -hmm. but rife literally had this 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 way of of viewing living life like a movie almost so anyway um it's like that's sort of possible <laughs> i think at least i like to think um as far yeah. as a methodology of looking at the world that doesn't kill it doesn't have to tear yeah. it apart to figure out how it works that's the other thing right like uh, how many other sciences are available you know that 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 we don't use you know it's mm -hmm. like yeah trust the science which science you know like <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah you could use the scientific methodology to go any number of different ways you know um, i think that reminds me of a quote like uh Oh, man, it was like one of one of the natives or someone was saying, you, you're only using this one sense. And they're like, what? There's other senses? But I don't know what it was, if it was other consciousnesses or what. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be able to think of it. But like that exact same thing where the limitation of the enlighten, enlightenment mindset. Hmm. But like there's there is one quote that I, I wrote down that I wanted to share um, that I liked that you guys were reminding me of um, when he was saying you move like wood bores in a in a great post in a house 
you know, <laughs> eating and yeah. shitting with no idea what lies without. And right. then, you know, at that same breath, then he talks about, you know, one, you know, how everything's circular. So the one day that your foot comes down upon your own shit, that is the first step to wisdom. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they, yeah, as the book goes on, they, they start to doubt their own project more and more you know are we the baddies well right and so like that was you know where um everywhere they've sent us what's the element common to all um Slaves, every day at the Cape, we live with slavery in our faces, more of it in St. Helena. And now we are again in another colony, this time having drawn a line between the slave keepers and the wage payers, as if doomed to re-encounter through the world this public secret, this shameful core, pretending it to be ever somewhere else with the Turks, the Russians, the companies down there, down where it smells like warm brine and gunpowder fumes, they're murdering and dispossessing thousand untallied the innocent of the world passing daily into the hands of slave owners and torturers but oh never in holland nor in england that garden of fools um you know and then mason's like what well, what well, it's not that bad and it's like didn't we take the king's money I, you know we're while slaves waited waited upon us no one objected as little as we have here in certain houses on the line where does it end no matter yeah. where yeah yeah Wherever we go in the world, we shall find tyrants and slaves. America was the one place we should not have found them, yet we're not slave. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, anyway. <laughs> it, it's There's a number of major themes. Like, that's what's great about this book. It, like, it has a number of major themes, um, spiritual, philosophical, you know, um, political Mm. So here's meaty. Here's a good good one. Uh, Depew recalls a sermon he once heard at a church full of German mystics. It might have been a lecture in mathematics held beneath our feet, bounded heaven above our pates, unbounded hell a collapsing sphere, heaven an expanding one, the enclosure of punishment, the release of salvation. Sin leading us as naturally to hell, and compression as doth grace to heaven and rarefaction. Thus, murmurs of thus, thus, may each point of heaven be mapped or projected upon each point of hell and vice versa. And what intercepts the projection about midway, reckoned logarithmically, between, why, this very earth and our lives here upon it. We only think we occupy a solid brick and timber city. In reality, we live upon a map. Perhaps even our lives are but representations of truer lives, pursued above and below. As to Philadelphia, correspond both a vast heavenly city and a crowded niche of hell, each element of one faithfully mirrored in the others. And that yeah. kind of comes up again earlier in that chapter 19, where he's like, they're talking about, uh, oh shit, I'm going to find it. It's about temporal, uh, like, temporal uh, events being what were you going to say Nora? I'll, I'll pull this up um yeah just that idea that um have 
both heaven and hell and the earth all exist here together at all times you know like that that's something yeah. that comes up with the poets a lot you know like even like like blake whatever like there's no there's no um there's no transcendent dimension which heaven occupies it's it's right here if we could only see it that's even what mm -hmm. christ said you know mm -hmm. uh, so so then this idea like philadelphia like the city of brotherly love yeah which is which is jerusalem right like it's a heavenly jerusalem but it's it it's also it's become babylon too you know it's like a it's 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 the terrible city you know where all this evil emanates from I have done a whole like sync, I mean mapping sync, you know, on like f tracking Philadelphia kind of as a as a trope, and it's amazing where it comes up because it like you know, obviously it's Philadelphia, it's the 1776, but it's you know it's the Philadelphia experiment too, which is like right, right. a time travel kind of questionably real realistic story about time manipulation or whatever, and and that bleeds into the Montauk mythos and but then there's like movies and lots of philadelphia movies like uh 12 monkeys which is a time travel story about america and, um so like yeah philadelphia it's like it's absolutely a a resonant <laughs> nodal yeah, point in the in the in the fact that the line starts from the most southern point of philadelphia right Right. So the, uh, no, I found this section on um, uh, page 486 and 487. This whole section is just is it's mind blowing. So am I? This is when when they go to the um, the uh, that that in the Rabbi of Prague and they're talking about um, the golem and then they're talking about uh, the whole continent. Yeah, and so they say I. Uh, I don't know who's talking. Uh, somebody's talking to Dixon. I am told of certain stars in the Chinese system of astrology which are invisible so long as they keep moving, so long as they keep moving, only being seen when they pause. Might thy golem share this property? The, co the company rushed to enlighten uh, Dixon. I guess that was D Dixon talking. Tis shared with this whole accursed continent. The quarrelsome carrot top lets him know, waving his rifle and narrowly missing several tankards upon the table, which, as if in answer to God's recession, remained invisible, denied to us, till it became necessary to our souls that it that it come to rest, self-revealed, though we pretended to discover it. By the time of Columbus, God's project of disengagement was obvious to all, with a terrible understanding that we were to be left more and more to our own solutions. America, with all for centuries, had been kept hidden as are certain bodies of knowledge. Only now and then were selected persons allowed glimpses of the new world. Never reporters that anyone else was likely to believe. Men who ate the flesh and fornicated with the ghosts of their dead. Murderers and pirates on the run. Monks and parchment coracles stitched together from copied pages of the book of Jonah. Fishermen too many nights out of port. Any runagate crazed enough to sail west. All matters of what becomes visible and when. Revelation exists as a fact and continues as time proceeds. If new continents may become visible, why not new planets, sir? As planets are in your line. 
And then they say, uh, how be it? The secret was safe until the choice be made to reveal it. It has been denied to all who came to America for wealth, for refuge, for adventure. Tis new world was ever a secret body of knowledge meant to be studied with the same dedication as, as the Hebrew Kabbalah would demand. Forms of the land, the flow of the water, the occurrence of what used to be called miracles are all text to be attended to, manipulated, read, remembered. Hence, as you may imagine, we take lively interest in this line of yours, booms the forge keeper, inasmuch as it may be read east to west, much as a line of text upon a page of the sacred Torah, a Tellurian scripture, as some might say, twill terminate somewhere in the west. No one, not even you and your partner, knows where an utterance, a message of some uncertain length apt to be interrupted at any moment or chain, a small uh, pantograph copy down here of occurrences in the higher world. Another mm -hmm. case of as above, so below. Um, wow. So that's it. Like the, the uh, it, it makes me think of Atlantis also, like this idea of Atlantis and like um, yep. people like Bacon early, Francis Bacon talking sure. about the new Atlantis, you know, and, and yeah. his connection with the Rosicrucians and all of this, you know, it's like a, and that, that was the idea of, of America. Um, yep. Is that it was the new Atlantis? It was the, it was Atlantis reemerging into history again, mm -hmm. forged by these uh, keepers of secret knowledge. Yeah. Allowed allowed for us to uh, for how long? I mean, you know, where does how deep far back does the info this information? Like people like Joseph Farrell like like to you know that not just him but lots of people that uh, you know we are the remnants of a much greater civilization in the deeper past that mm, yeah. has been kept from everyone. The secret yeah. histories. Yeah, Blake, Blake thought that also too about, about this, uh, about America, that it was, was Atlantis basically, you know? And this, the idea that, 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 you know, that the occurrences down here are only reflections of higher events in higher dimensions essentially mm -hmm. uh is you know recurrent throughout this whole book and uh something that's also recurrent in cryptocryptology uh, i think about a lot i mean it goes into like someone like richard hoagland and like the way he viewed planet the planets as like lower energetically lower energetic manifestations of the gods basically and yeah um like that goes like like with the with the myth of Atlantis, that goes right back to Plato. Like Plato describes this kind yeah. of like uh, um, the same same thing we were talking about with uh, with heaven and hell existing in parallel. You know, like this 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 sort of realm of the forms being right here. You know, um, right. It's the opening shot of two thousand and one, where the you know the sun shining is like is mirroring the light from the projector, which is projecting the image onto the screen, which is the monolith. And the the crest, the shadow of the crest is like of uh, the moon is is your the back of your head as the viewer. So like you're in the midpoint between the man is the midpoint. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And the, yeah, and yeah, here in the book you you have it's it's all about a, the conjunction of the sun and uh, and Venus, right? Um, and how how uh, right at the beginning they talk about um, Venus what, being a being a goddess. There's a great quote about that somewhere. Um, 
can't, yeah, Venus in transit is a goddess descended from light to matter. Right. And so, and then like, you know, so like Benjamin Franklin or like, and all of us are like incarnations of Atlantean energy, I think, like in some ways. Yeah, yeah. If you, well, this is the thing, like, um, and this gets into what Doug and I were talking about last time with Zanoni. I don't know if you, you listened to that, um, Alex. Or, I, did, what, I didn't, but, I didn't. Um, yeah, I, I should go back and listen. Um, I haven't but, read the book. But this idea. You don't need to. We did the book club for you. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Every book club is like uh, spoilers for everyone, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but this Some idea that. Some people want spoilers, you know? They're like, I don't want to do the hard reading. They're going yeah, to. And then we're like, what's about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, you can't really spoil these books, anyways, the way. No. Like, we're not. It's I not don't know. like the, the, it, we don't do like thrillers, right? Like that would be like a spoiler if. Right. I mean, the type of That'd be person who the type of person who really cares about spoilers probably doesn't listen to us, anyways. You know, like a like 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 reads a book like that. You know, in, like, in terms. You I mean, can't not, spoil Ulysses against, or even the recognition. Thrillers, right? But uh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah all everything's great. Anyways, yeah, I was just going to say about Zanoni, right? Like this idea that there are these these different orders, different secret orders with different uh, different objectives in mind, you know, that are always in play, you know. Yeah. Um, That's kind yeah. of the Robert Anton Wilson sort of twenty three different conspiracies all at once. Yeah. At any given time. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, like, um, like even in this book, it, it, yeah, the Jesuits are working with the, uh, the Chinese feng shui experts, and the Jesuits at that time were all over China. Like that's that's historical too, right? Um, but then at the same time, they're against each other. You know, they have fundamentally different ways of looking at things. And then the Jesuits are against the Freemasons, and then the Freemasons also are suspicious of the. Uh, the Chinese and <laughs> and there are the Kabbalists. Yeah, are, don't forget uh, the Kabbalists. Right. Who who everybody's trying to steal their knowledge as well, right? Like a. Um, <laughs> I mean. Uh, when you every were time mentioning. I see tr- Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say when you were mentioning the the planets that are in motion, so you can't see them. Like that mirrors the the mechanical duck that you know became, and that you're you're golem too. You, the became, and it is a golem of some kind. The Vokasones mechanical duck that became animate, and then basically became a god, and then became a planet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and then, then they... it trapped it on the line at the end of the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like a chicken. Yeah, yeah like a chicken. I had never heard that before about chickens, chickens? being trapped on lines. Have you? Had, I've heard that. that. I don't know if it's a wives' tale or if it's real, but it's it's not a big line. It's like a little dirt line, and if you put, you have to like put your nose on it, and then they just. Oh yeah, I saw a video of that being done. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> but you're like yeah, hypnotizing, hypnotizing them. Yeah. <laughs> you you, I you mean, like stick their heads on the ground, and you draw this line out in front of them, like towards a vanishing point, and then. 
and then just sit there until you move it. Interesting. And then, and then there is a planet that comes into view yeah. like afterwards. It doesn't like Uranus comes. Yeah. Up. Yeah. But then it turns out everyone knew about it. It's just no one. No one put a name to it. Right. Except Herschel at the end. Right. Like, um, but oh, that's, they discover Uranus at the end. Yeah. There's kind of this. Uh, there's kind of this. Um, well, there's the alternate. Alternate timeline that comes in at the end. It's an alternate. But, timeline where they can where they take the line as west as they can you know oh nice but they basically go into the dream like there's an iron well and this is part of it too maybe that's that's before the dream but the wrought iron bridge on the river on the warrior path oh yeah yeah like it gets like that's an interesting part too like they at the end of it they can't they can only go as far as the warrior path. That's as, as far as the natives will let them. And, and they won't let the line... Basically, they won't let the line dissect the warrior path um, for their own... Yeah, yeah. So it, <laughs> then it's, it's their deeper native viewpoint of thing, which is even deeper than all the others that we mentioned. Um, That's great. Yeah. It's like an orthog. What I just saw this him using the word orthogonal. Straight. Just sort of like a Philip K. Dickian sort of orthogonal time. I was getting lots of Kubrick out of this at times. So like the when when they stumble into the the Lepton's manor, Lady Lepton. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They steal the bathtub. Eyes wide shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Ada. Yeah, 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 um, Ada as well. Um, but there's there's something going on there with it was called the Hellfire Club in London. So it's like you know, yeah, re- I, that's fascinating to read about them. I, I have a short little book on them uh, on the on the Hellfire Club, which I read, and that's um, do what thou wilt shall shall be the whole of the law. That was sort of the or do what thou wilt part was was the. Uh, also the model of the hellfire club um and it was like that it was like all these like uh, really perverse aristocrats and top bourgeois who who would hang out at this place and just basically do whatever they want you know yeah Seems and then it makes was. you wonder about like <laughs> well and so like there was also the uh man which chapter was it 35 where it starts off and he's just talking about the difference between history is not chronology that's for lawyers remembrance is for people you know so it really reminded me of gas and the tunnel like what history is yeah yeah exactly i was thinking that too and yeah. so like I, I just think about like this book's place, you know, so like it, it does come after um, Infinite Jest and it does come after the, the tunnel. So like there's a there's a chance that, you know, he's reading some of these things, but you, you never know. Um, Feng Shui in the 90s was kind of a fad thing. I remember going to Barnes and Noble and looking at Feng Shui books and things. But I don't know if maybe he was like way ahead of the curve. Oh, <laughs> he was always—he's always inventing the inventing the future. 